Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Monday. There is no NBA Finals on today, but we got it tomorrow. So, one more day of no NBA, and then we're right back at it with the NBA Finals, folks. Suns, Bucks, Game 1, Chris Paul looking for that coveted ring to really cement his legacy. And is Giannis going to be able to go? I think so. There was a little bit of a hype video of the Bucks that they put out, and uh, Giannis boarded a plane, folks. So he's there. He's going to be there. Will he be on the floor? That's uh, I think so. But we'll have more on that tomorrow. Uh, but today on the show, um, we got uh, Aaron Rodgers' 2015 divisional game against the Cardinals, which he loses. Womp. Womp. Classic. And, folks, I mean, once again, he's losing to a bad quarterback in the playoffs. So we'll watch that game. Break it down. I mean, folks, why we are doing this is because, you know, he's kind of regarded as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So we have to really kind of get down to the nitty-gritty, seeing what he was doing in the clutch moments in the playoffs. Why does he only have one ring? Why did he only get the one Super Bowl? And if you guys want to call him the greatest of all time, we have to see, is he the greatest of all time? Is he getting it done more consistently than not? Is he getting it done in the clutch situations? Is he getting it done in the playoffs? And if it's no, then we can't put him as the greatest of all time. So we are holding Aaron Rodgers to a higher standard than most quarterbacks. That's why we are going in depth every single day, looking at a playoff performance, watching the film, looking at the stats, seeing what he's doing, because, you know, he likes to kind of, you know, mock everybody, think he's the greatest that's ever walked the face of the earth, and he thinks he's way better than every other quarterback in the league, and whenever the Packers lose, it's everybody's fault but himself. So that's what we have been doing the last, I think we've been at this for a month now, just watching these playoff games that he's been in and it's just once again always comes up just a little eh just a little meh just a little short on being great Tom Brady's been to 10 folks we have to hold the goat a goat a greatest quarterback of all time we have to hold them to that standard because that is a standard that has been proven to be viable in this league it's been able to be done so we have to hold everything every quarterback to that standard to really see if they are the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, so that is why we are going heavy on Aaron Rodgers. He, his fans always love him. He has like no, he has no haters. And I'm not being a hater. I'm just kind of being realistic in how I perceive sports and competitors in the greatest of all time argument. So I'm not an Aaron Rodgers hater. It's just I'm the only one that's kind of realistically looking at what Aaron Rodgers is truly doing. Everybody on Twitter will bow down to this man, will suck this man to the end of time. And I'm not doing that because I want to just see greatness. And if you're not being great, that's fine. But we're not going to talk about you as the greatest of all time. So that's kind of what we've been doing here with Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to do it uh, again today with the divisional round. 
against the Cardinals in 2015. Um, we just watched the wild card game the other day. 2015 wildcard game against Washington, and it was real lackluster. We gave him 55 out of 100 credit points, um, off to a very slow start, only had really one good quarter, running game really kind of sealed the deal in the fourth quarter, and he, once again, he was going against Kirk Cousins, so it's like, oh, okay, congrats, so... We've got uh, the 2015 Divisional game. Uh, we also have a little bit of a special treat today. Uh, once again, we got Panini NFT Blockchain NBA cards to open up. Uh, this time, we got Silver Parallels. Uh, we got two packs, three cards in each pack, and each pack is guaranteed a parallel. So we're going to be hoping for something real good there. We opened up base packs the other day, and we got a Lamello card that we we were able to, able to flip really quickly. Very good. Made all of our money back and more, and that's exactly what we're trying to do here with these silver parallels so we'll open those today on the show as well but uh enough talking let's just get right into it with the stories of the day and the first one up folks trevor lawrence the number one overall pick in this year's draft and the starter of the jacksonville jaguars the starting quarterback we know this and now this is going to be official you're not going to pay your rookie quarterback, $36.8 million, folks and not have him be the starter come on folks so once again, we're not buying into Gardner Minshew having an actual chance of being the starting quarterback this season, but they do sign Trevor Lawrence to a four-year, $36.8 million contract that does include $24 million guaranteed. So once again, you go to sleep, you wake up, and you're a millionaire instantly, folks. How great of a feeling. So congratulations to Trevor Lawrence. Truly, definitely worth it. Um, you know, we've all seen what he's been able to do in college, um, you know, competing for the national championship basically every single season, always in the mix of that. And, you know, he ended up winning one his first year. So you got to give the man credit. Now he just needs to be able to prove that he can get it done in the league, in the NFL. We saw him do great in college, but we know the NFL is a different beast, more kind of, you know, you got experienced players, you got veterans, you got great defense. Where in college, you're looking at maybe one 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 good defensive player somewhere on the field, maybe at max. So we'll see what uh, Trevor Lawrence can do here in the league. But now let's take a look at everybody else that needs to get signed because there's not that many first-round picks that still need to get signed. So Zach Wilson is still not signed. He's projected to get $35 million. And um, this website kind of really is getting it right on the money here of the totals, uh, of the projected totals and all that. Um, these are kind of, you know, kind of written in numbers as well, wherever you get drafted in the draft, that's basically what you are cemented into money wise, the for the higher pick you are, the more money you get. So Zach Wilson's obviously going to get less than 36 million. Trey Lance is obviously going to get less than 36 million. They're projecting Zach Wilson at 35 million, Trey Lance at 34 million. And then we just saw Kyle Pitts the other day, which we've talked about getting $32 million, the highest paid tight end um, in the league right now. So absolutely fantastic to that. But we still got Zach Wilson that needs to sign that contract and Trey Lance that needs to sign that contract. <clears throat> Um, for kind of the quarterbacks, the top three picks, but very well done to Trevor Lawrence of getting that money when you can. And now you just have to live up to it. So 
That's, uh, you know, now the pressure's on. You got $36 million. This team is paying you $36 million. We need you to get it done. Urban Meyer needs you to get it done. So he kind of has some respect in the uh, the NFL realm of head coaches because obviously he's one of the greatest, you know, college football cl- coaches of all time. But the NFL is a different beast. They chewed up and spit out Nick Saban, folks. So it's not guaranteed that you, if you are a good coach in college, that you are going to be a good coach in the NFL. So... Trevor Lawrence gets signed, and we still are waiting on Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance, Rashawn Slater from the Chargers, left tackle, Elijah Vera Tucker, guard for the Jets, and Mac Jones for the New England Patriots. Um, Also, Travis Etienne, you know, kind of... um, Trevor Lawrence's Robin, if you will, in the backfield now. Uh, Played with Clemson, played together in Clemson, and now are back reunited with the Jags. And then Greg Newsome, cornerback for the Browns. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more first-round picks that still need to sign their kind of rookie deal. And uh, once again, I mean, we still got time. Training camp is coming up at the end of July, so we've still got this kind of solid month of just kind of getting everything in order before it's time to really hit the ground running in that training camp. See what you can do. Start getting your spots filled. Start, you know, claiming your starting role. And let's start seeing what they can do out here, these teams. Can we start buying some bad teams? Can we start falling off some good teams? We'll know more at the end of July. But very well done to Trevor Lawrence. $36 million. Woof. Fantastic. All right. Since we're talking about quarterbacks, you got to talk about Aaron Rodgers because we get this now. Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy makes no mention of Aaron Rodgers in his latest column. That's not great, right? I mean... We're going to get in this article and really kind of see what they're talking about here. Is this a nothing burger? Is this a big story? Hopefully they tell us in the article. We haven't previewed it. Uh, But uh, let's see what they're saying. Because if you're not mentioning your kind of face of the franchise in a column... That's not the best sign. And once again, we're, we're really kind of thinking that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be a Packer. He's holding out. He's got this golf matchup tomorrow. We'll hear a lot of digs. We'll hear more about it. I mean, that's going to be the hot topic, folks. Everyone's going to be pushing his buttons, trying to get some answers out of him because, you know, he doesn't make that many public appearances. He doesn't really talk about it that often. But when he gets into the limelight, he does start kind of spilling the beans a little bit, taking the shots, taking the jabs. So tomorrow, the match, we may live stream that, watching that potentially uh five o'clock tomorrow um which is going to be great um we're going to have some uh, we're going to have some odds up of kind of how many times Aaron Rodgers takes a dig at the Packers organization and you may be able to uh, win some money tomorrow so uh stick around to our Twitter page for all that good information but uh let's go into this article right here and let's see is this a nothing burger is this something big is this something that we can kind of sink our teeth into so let's see what we get Here we go. A month after penning his belief that Aaron Rodgers' situation with the club had divided the fan base. We talked about that. Green Bay Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy delivered his latest monthly column on the team website and did not mention the disgruntled quarterback. All righty. Let's see what this column is. Murphy takes five. Interesting. Should we read this? Let's read this. Nice little column. We got a question and answer, I think. Let's see what we get here. 
On the first Saturday of every month, Mark will write about a topic of interest to Packers fans and the organization and then answer five questions. Fans are encouraged to email Mark with their name and hometown at uh, murphytakes5 at Packers.com. So this this isn't a highly sought-after question. Hey, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Are we going to have our franchise guy, or do I have to change fandom before the start of the season because I'm not rocking with, uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be rocking with Jordan Love right out the rip. So, um, you know, he's kind of actively avoiding these questions, folks, but uh, let's let's see what his main thing is. So here we go. Mark Murphy. Uh, this is his initial kind of write-up, and then we'll get into the question. So here we go. Real quick, this isn't, this isn't too long, folks, so don't worry about it. But here we go. Mark Murphy says, Training camp is a special time of year in Green Bay. Packers fans from across the country often schedule their family vacation around the training camp schedule, and the influx of fans is a boon of local business. The bicycle tradition is unique within the league and shows the special connection between our players and young fans. Last year, we were in the throes of the pandemic, and our training camp was unlike any previous camp. We had no preseason games, and fans weren't allowed to attend any practices. As we get ready for this year's training camp, it appears that we will be back to a mostly normal camp. Fans will be allowed to attend attend training camp, but fans must, based on NFL protocols, remain at least 20 feet away from players at all times. We are still working through all the protocols, but it appears that some elements of the traditional training camp experience may be different this year. We will, though, have our annual shareholders meeting on July 26th, family family night on August 4th, and joint practices with the New York Jets the week of August 16th, and two home preseason games with all fans. It will be great to see our fans back in Green Bay this summer. Now, on to your questions. Alrighty, so doesn't even talk about Aaron Rodgers. Just kind of starts gearing up for the training camp and trying to getting you know getting back to the tradition tradition of the training camp that COVID unfortunately took away from the Green Bay fans. So let's see what these questions are because the fact that nobody's asking questions about Aaron Rodgers. Come on, folks. You don't think he got any of those questions? That's the only thing that the Packers fans are worried about. That's the only thing about. Uh, that's the only thing that the Packers media is worried about. Where the hell is Aaron Rodgers? Get him off the golf course. Get him back in the football field. What are we doing? Sign the man. Get the man the help he wants. So let's see what uh, these fans are saying. So the first question from John from Manit- Manitowoc. Wisconsin. Here we go. The question. I read with great interest the story about Carl Nassib announcing on social media recently that he is gay. What are your thoughts? <laughs> what? That's the question? Come on, folks. Talk about hand-picked easy questions. Jeez Louise. I read with great interest the story about Carl Nassib announcing on social media recently that he is gay. What are your thoughts about the reaction from across the league? What are your thoughts? I mean, what a softball question. Oh, I think it's great for the league. This is great for everyone. Everything. This is great for the LGBTQ plus community getting representation. Of course, folks, can we talk about Aaron Rodgers? We've done the Carl Nassib. We all know it's great. Why do we have to make a big deal out of it anyway? Like the fact that we are still making a big deal of people coming out gay is like, okay. I mean, these are, everyone's just people, folks. Everyone's just people. Treat everybody like you would treat regular people. It makes no sense, but you have to make a big deal out of it. The football came out and was like, football is gay, and then they released that entire thing. Wild, folks, cashing in on the gay. 
Uh, but let's see. Let's see what this man is saying. Here we go. Quote from Packer CEO. I've been very pleased with the reaction across the league. Now, that is true. I mean, nobody was bashing this man, which is absolutely great. I mean, could you imagine if everyone's like, oh, get this man off the NFL? Like, like especially players in the NFL were like, get this man out of the league. So I am kind of glad that that didn't happen. So I guess this is pretty solid. I've been very pleased with the reaction across the league, not only from players and coaches, but also fans. And that is true. Right on. That is 100% true, folks. I mean, fans, you know how fans get, folks. They are real rude. Ruthless, real wild, and fans from other teams were even coming out and supporting him. He, I don't think there was anybody that was really giving him any blowback, folks, honestly. Uh, so that was actually great. So I guess something good actually did come out of that. So we'll give him that. Um, first... First, it took incredible courage from for Nassib to make this announcement, so a lot of credit has to go to him. I think the positive reaction always shows you how far we have come as a society in recent years. It was great to see the support he received from Raiders management as well as his teammates. Hopefully, this positive response will encourage other gay players in the future to be willing to make similar announcements. All right, solid, solid question and answer right there, um, but it's been done to death i mean i mean as soon as that broke everyone's like oh we support you oh you know this is so great for the league everyone kind of getting their kind of um virtue signaling points on twitter all right question number two this time from matt from harrison wisconsin quote i am wondering if there are any short-term or long-term changes to lambeau field in the works i have been especially wondering if the north end zone would ever have seating adding like the south end zone did a few years ago Okay, so people want to know about the gay player. People want to know about the stadium more than they want to know about the big old question mark, the big old elephant in the room of Aaron Rodgers. Come on, let's get to the actual good questions. Damn it. But let's see, you know, everyone wondering about the stadium. Here, here's your answer. Great question, Matt. We will continue to invest in Lambeau Field, although I do not anticipate increasing our seating capacity. Uh, they got... Um, Lambeau Field's holding 81,000 fans. Jeez Louise. Uh, we are in the middle of a major renovation to the concourse with significant upgrades to the concession stands. I mean, that's the first thing that's got to be upgraded, right? Fuck the seats. We need the stand. We need the concessions, folks. We need the food. We need the money maker. We've already got your money for the ticket for the seats, so we're not going to upgrade that. Fuck, fuck that. We're, we're getting that secondhand money, that food money, that concession money. Uh, the fourth phase of the renovation will be completed next offseason. The other big changes we are exploring is the installation of new video boards. Our current video boards are nearing the end of their life expense expectancy and will requi require place replacing soon. So, alrighty. No, no seats. They're getting everything else good. All right, question number three from Brandon G from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here we go. Thanks for, oh my god, I hate this. I mean, geez, Louise. Thanks for taking the time to answer fans' questions. Okay, stop that. You don't need to add that. Can we all stop that? Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for, okay, they do this. It's not It's not for you. It's to get a message out. They don't care who's asking the questions. They handpick. They probably write all these questions themselves and then pick those five as well. So, I'll relax here. All right, I understand how rich the Packers' history is in celebrating that in different ways 
will always happen. Our alternative jerseys have always been a throwback. The Color Rush brought a new look in the all-white jersey. My understanding is the NFL doesn't allow teams to change the helmets in any way during the season. Having said all that, has there ever been a conversation of doing a modern style jersey? A blaze orange jersey during hunting season? Maybe a yellow and green digital camo jersey? Of course, that's coming from somebody from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Can we get, you know, camo color jerseys? Can we get blaze orange during the hunting season? Okay. All right, here's the, here's the response. Here we go. Quote, I'm glad you like our alternative jerseys, Brandon. As I mentioned last month, we will unveil later this summer a historic third jersey that we'll wear in a game this season. Ooh, I can't wait for that. Regarding the helmet, the league actually just announced that teams would gain would again be allowed to use altern, alternate color helmets again starting in 2022. So once again, new stories that are coming out, having these questions, you know, and you know, Brandon over here saying, Hey, I know that, you know, you, you can only wear one helmet. And then that sets up for the answer. So once again, folks, these are all just kind of hand-picked questions. They know what they want to say. They know the information they want to get out. They just find the question or write the question themselves to get that message across. But here we go. Uh, back to the response. This will give the clubs more flexibility when it comes to alternate jerseys. I realize that hunting is a is big in Wisconsin, obviously. Uh, but I am not sure about a blaze orange or a camo jersey. Yeah, that's going a little over the top a little bit. All right, question number four. Here we go from Walt, and we don't get we don't get anything from Walt. That's it. No no area, no state, no city. Just Walt. If y'all know Walt. He must be big. He doesn't need to kind of identify himself. So, so this question is from Walt, folks. I just received an email indicating that the Packers are not sending tickets but require the use of a smartphone for season ticket holders. I do not have a smartphone <laughs> and being retired, of course, Walt is off the grid here. No cell phone, won't even give his area of where he's close to. Uh, so, of course, this man doesn't have a smartphone. I do not have a smartphone and being retired, obviously, old boomer Walt out here. I uh, do not have any need to own one. I don't need to even own one. <laughs> I'm old. I'm, I'm off the grid. I don't need a smartphone. Um, I do everything I need to do on my com computer at home and use a flip phone for the few times that I need to call someone when I am not at home. My question is, how am I going to be able to see the games that I buy? No, oh, this is an interesting question. What do they say? Here we go. Thanks for raising this issue, Walt. Our ticket office has been in contact with a number of season ticket holders with similar issues. Hopefully, you've already been in contact with the office. The move to digital tickets was not something that we took lightly. All of our tickets last year during the pandemic were digital, and it went smoothly. There are many advantages to both the season ticket holders and the Packers with the move to digital tickets, the biggest being the elimination of fraudulent tickets. Were there that many fraudulent tickets flying around? Come on. Um, our ticket office is working with ticket holders and will help determine a solution for each individual situation. The move to digital is obviously the wave of the future. We were the 31st te NFL team to move to digital tickets. So he doesn't even offer a solution. Just, hey, get in contact and, you know, we'll talk about this privately. We'll say, hey, you better get a fucking smartphone. You can go down to Walmart and get a prepaid cricket phone. I don't know. Um, so they basically said, yeah, you, you better find out a way because we're really not making exceptions. And it's really only season ticket holder. So, you know, if you want to just go to a game willy-nilly one week and buy a ticket, you better hope you have a smartphone. So 
That's the smartphone issue from Walt. Off the grid, Walt. All right, last question here. What's the last most important thing that's more important than in talking about Aaron Rodgers? Here we go. Joseph from San Antonio, Texas. Hey, not a Wisconsin-based fan out here. Love it. What is he asking? So, the question. As someone who was literally on the same field defending against him, just how good was Lynn Dickey... <laughs> Oh my God, what are we doing out here? Just how good was Lynn Dickey on October 17th, 1983? You defended against Hall of Fame quarterbacks through your distinguished NFL playing career for at least one Monday night under the primetime lights. Was Lynn's play just as impressive or and or threatening as Joe Montana or Dan Fouts? From a fan's perspective, I certainly thought so. Please be sincere, detailed, and honest. Thank you. So this man's trying to kind of use this kind of platform to relive his old playing days out here. So what does he say? Excellent question. Oh, thank you bringing up for bringing up that October 17th, 1983 game. Do we care? Can we talk about the future? Talk about Aaron Rodgers. I don't care about 1983, this man playing. Damn. All right. Excellent question, Joseph. On that night, Lynn was as good as any quarterback I ever played against. He was in complete control. He had great weapons, James Lofton, John Jefferson, and Paul Kaufman, but he was the one that made it all work. It seemed that no matter what we did that night, he was one step ahead of us. He had a strong arm, but was also deadly accurate. Needless to say, with a 48-47 game, it was not a good night to be a defensive player. One of the great parts of my jobs is that I've had the chance to get to know many of the alumni well. Lynn often comes back and is extremely humble and appreciative for his time with the Packers. So, that's what he, that's the five questions he took. That Everything that he said was way more important than Aaron Rodgers, obviously. And we don't have any update on Aaron Rodgers, so... I'm glad he answered all those questions. Uh, let's go back to uh, this Around the NFL article. We get anything else here? Um, so we did. We read his article, but back to the original article. Murphy's focus prior to answering mailbag questions was on training camp and fans returning to Green Bay for a mostly normal camp. After last year's camp was altered significantly and spectators were prohibited due to the COVID-19 pandemic. With the return of one of Titletown's greatest customs, marked by the tradition of Packers players riding kids' bikes to the practice field, there will no doubt be the looming question of when or if one of the franchise's greatest players of all time will return as well. Within his write-up, Murphy outlined a few dates of the upcoming schedule. All right, we already read all that. Rodgers did not attend any mandatory minicamp and only once has spoken publicly about his dismay with the Packers. Multiple reports since the first day of the 2021 NFL Draft have centered around Rodgers being upset regarding a possible contract extension. Murphy touched on Rodgers' situation in the past two posts. So the past two months he's been talking about it, but this one, once we're actually truly getting into the thick of it of training camp coming up at the end of this month, and he doesn't answer anything about Aaron Rodgers. Um, his May 1 column focused on the Packers' commitment to Aaron in 2021 and beyond. A month later, Murphy addressed how the situation we face with Aaron Rodgers has divided our fan base. On Saturday, Murphy wrote that, quote, It will be great to see our fans back in Green Bay this summer. How great a mood those returning fans will be in might well be determined by whether Rodgers is back in Green Bay this summer. So, 
He totally dances around everything else. He talks about the stadium's concession stand. He talks about his glory days of 1973. He talks about... Um, not having bright orange jerseys or camo jerseys and all that is more important than the elephant in the room of Aaron Rodgers. So we'll know more tomorrow, folks. Tomorrow during the match is going to be interesting of Aaron Rodgers. How many times does he take digs at the Packers? Do we get any information? Does he say 100% I'm not coming to training camp? So we'll have a close ear to that match and we'll uh, report back tomorrow. Like I said, we may be live on that. Just kind of, you know, just focusing on Aaron Rodgers. I could care less about the golf. I want to know what are we getting from Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see tomorrow. But once again, follow us on Twitter at Takes by Fans for all those updates. <coughs> All right, and talking about Aaron Rodgers in the match, once again, he's doing a little promo for the match, and they kind of ask Aaron Rodgers to build his perfect golfer. And this is what he says. He kind of takes, uh, well, let's go to the end here. Hey, now, this is a pretty funny video. Uh, minute 46 video from um, Bleacher Report. He has some nice kind of, you know, nice digs in there of his opponents. Um so, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he, he's the king of digs. He always knows how to be funny while also insulting other people. And, you know, hey, it's all, it's all in good fun. So this was actually pretty witty and pretty comical by him. So I will give him credit for that. But uh, to build the perfect golfer, he takes uh, – he gives Aaron Rodgers. He, get, he takes his own feet and ankles. He has Phil Mickelson's calves, Bryson DeChambeau's knees and quads. His own hips, Aaron Rodgers' hips, Tom Brady's torso, Tom Brady jawline and hairline. He calls Tom Brady very handsome and kind of calls him um, lucky and kind of the genetics lottery. He takes his own neck and he takes Phil Mickelson's hat because of all the sponsors. And he also takes a Bryson T. DeChambeau swing. So, once again, Aaron Rodgers just kind of, you know, focusing more on golf than any kind of football out here. Not getting better, not being with his team, not trying to overcome those NFC Championship failures multiple, 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 multiple times throughout his career. But, uh, you know, he wants to kind of, you know, be funny and be a comedian for golf. So... That's what we'll see tomorrow. Witty Aaron Rodgers. Get ready. Buckle up. It's gut-busting stuff, folks. This is absolutely gut-busting, laugh-out-loud stuff that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been practicing for the last three, four months because he hasn't been practicing football. So you got to be practicing something. Practicing your Jeopardy hosting skills. Practicing your golf swing. Practicing your witty, quick responses to everything. Ha, ha, ha. Look at me. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm a comedian now. So... Watch out for that on the on the match tomorrow, five o'clock, on TNT, and uh, we'll see how funny Aaron Rodgers is truly is when he's losing and getting his ass beat by Tom Brady in something other than football, as he does as well as getting his ass beat by Tom Brady in football. So that's Aaron Rodgers, folks. Classic, classic Aaron Rodgers. All right, <clears throat> let's keep moving on here. Uh, we are talking about um, the Jets. Here we go. With New York backfield wide open, Jets rookie running back Michael Carter ready to, quote, contribute in a big way. All righty. The Jets, they drafted a new um, quarterback. They drafted a new offensive lineman. And then they also drafted the rookie running back. Where did he go? I think he went very late here in the draft. I want to say like fourth round. Is this correct? What do we get? Um, here we go. Where did the Jets take Michael Carter? Was it the third round? Did he go third round? Let's see. Third round. 
Oh, no, it was fourth round right there. Fourth round, second pick in the fourth round. So, once again, kind of a late draft pick in, in the, at the running back position. And we looked at Michael Carter. We weren't truly too impressed. We have him number four of the kind of top four running backs on our big board. We had Najee Harris one, Travis Etienne two, Javante Williams three, and Michael Carter four. So, there's really no great running backs in this year's draft outside of Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. We are big 100% on Najee Harris. He are He is kind of leaps and bound. I know we have him one, but there is big space between Najee Harris. There's big, decent space between Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, but then there's a ginormous space between Travis Etienne and Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Both of those running backs at um, North Carolina last season, UNC. So maybe it was the offensive line that was better than the actual runners. We watched their play. We looked up their stats, and it was just, you know, just kind of mediocre stuff. It was kind of above average-ish running back stuff. Nothing too gray. They had, you know, nice 10-yard runs here and there. Nothing too explosive as Travis Etienne and Najee Harris were. Nothing great in the passing game. All just kind of solid stuff. Nothing that we are drafting very high. Definitely like kind of third, fourth round picks out there. So we'll see if uh, Michael Carter can kind of contribute in a big way. Uh, we look at the Jets roster at the running back position. They have Tevin Coleman. That's going to be kind of their running back number one going into the season. He didn't play that much last season. Let's see. Uh, did it? Tevin Coleman had decent seasons. No. Let's bring up his career stats. Playing for the 49ers, 49ers, obviously getting beat by Raheem Mostar, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in 2018 with the Falcons, he had 800 yards. I mean, that's solid. Not great. Not the 1,000-yard, not an A1 tier one, but can definitely be a solid back here as a number two option. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, we got Ty Johnson. This is nothing great. Um, 254 yards last season in his kind of, you know, third year going into his third year so nothing great there and then we have Michael Carter so he can definitely Michael Carter can definitely win the starting job they don't have any kind of great kind of established running backs in this league already so let's go back to this article and let's see what uh, Michael Carter is saying here all right here we go Plucked by the New York Jets in the fourth round of the 2021 NFL Draft, North Carolina running back Michael Carter was overjoyed by his selection. It was a phenomenal fit in his eyes, and though he was drafted later than he envisioned, Carter believes he can make an impact early in New York. Quote, all my grades were high, so in the second or third round, I was kind of playing the waiting game. I'm not obligated to anything, of course, but I feel I earned the right to be drafted a little higher. I don't really know. I don't really think so. I think he kind of got drafted exactly where. Um, like I said, folks, I mean, there is a there is such a big gap. There's not there. This running back class wasn't that great. Najee Harris is going to be elite in this league. Travis Etienne should have a real great career in this league. Could also be elite. Um, but uh, Michael Carter and Javante Williams, I mean, they just showed me nothing truly that great. It was all just kind of, like I said, kind of above average-ish stuff. Um, they were kind of, you know, getting, um, I, I want to say, let's bring up Michael Carter's because um, I want to say he was kind of averaging about 10 yards a carry, which is still good, but it was nothing. It was always like 10 yards. It wasn't like we were getting kind of 50 yards, 70 yards, 60 yard runs at the run, at the run, at the run. It was all just kind of meh. So let's bring up um, Michael Carter um, stats real quick. Uh, here we go. We want college. That's the wrong Michael Carter. 
see if we can get it like this. Here we go. Is this it? This is it. All righty. Here we go. So we had 1,200 yards last season. He averaged eight yards a carry. Real solid. Like we said, it's solid stuff. It's good. But when we were watching it, it was just like, all right. It was like 10-yard run, 10-yard run. 10-yard run, and he, we, he's not going to be able to replicate that in the NFL. I mean, folks, I mean, that's what the college system is, garbage defenses, you know. So running for 10 yards after 10 yards is still good, but you're not going to get that in the NFL. Nobody's ever kind of been at 8 yards a run average per run in the NFL. What? It, let, let's bring that up. Um, highest yards per carry. In the NFL. That's going to be interesting. I'd probably say maybe six-ish. Maybe seven. Um, yards per rush attempt. Let's see. All games. And hang on, hang on, hang on. All games. I just want running game, running backs per rush. Lamar Jackson's at 6.4. J.K. Dobbins is at 5.8. That was last season, folks. So, I mean, running backs are not going to get eight yards of carry here in the NFL. So, Javante, uh, Michael Carter, still, like I said, decent. I don't want to knock him too much, but he's going to be just kind of a mediocre running back. Kind of run in the mill, a... Um a Miles Sanders type, a Kenyon Drake type, which is still good production, um, but it's just not kind of the A1 tier ones. The um, Delvin Cooks, the Derrick Henrys, obviously. So, you know, a little bit of a tier two-ish, potentially tier three. We'll see if he can make it here. But uh, back to the article here. Uh, but when I got the call from the team I wanted to get the call from, all those feelings went away. I was just thankful to be a part of the New York Jets because I feel like it was a great situation. Uh, another quote here, quote, my plan is to contribute in a big way going into the year. We have a really good running back room. Mm, do, do you? That's really good to y'all. Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson and yourself. That's a really good running back room. I know you have to say that, but that's just not true, folks. That's not a good running back room. It's an it's an average-ish, average-ish running back room. But I'm not putting all my eggs in a running back that has never ran for 1,000 yards total in a season. So, all right, quote, we have a really good running back room. I feel like people write these guys off because they don't have the most popular name. Well, they don't have the most popular name because they don't do the most popular things on the field. We talk about Derrick Henry because he just rushed for 2,000 yards. We talk about Delvin Cook because he rushed for 1,600 yards. We don't talk about Tevin Coleman, not because of his name, but because his, his highest running season, his highest rushing season was 800 yards. And then his second highest was 628. And then his third highest was 544. His fourth highest was 520. So, I mean, what are we doing here? He, he's got, after... Six years in the league, he's got 2,900 yards. Derrick Henry has 2,000 yards in one season. That's why we don't talk about Tevin Coleman. <laughs> so, okay. Um, here we go. We got some real talent in our room, and I just think that we all have one goal in mind, and that's just to win. Yeah, everybody's got the same goal. You play to win the game, folks. I mean, how many more times do we have to say that? Um, of course, you want to be the starting running back. I'll be a fool to sit up. 
to, to set up on this call and be like, nah, I don't want to be the starting running back. I just think that it is a great competition. I think that competition is going to turn us all into better players. And that is kind of good. You know, getting, you know, he's not coming in being kind of the projected starter. ESPN has him kind of as the third running back. I would definitely put him above Ty Johnson. Absolutely. But um, yeah, having Michael Carter behind Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman's been a starter in this league, has put up an 800 yard season so he's kind of been established you know decently in this league so that is kind of going to be the biggest thing the biggest kind of green flag in the plus side here of the running back rooms for the Jets is that you know Michael Carter is going to be pushing Tevin Coleman and Tevin Coleman is going to be pushing Michael Carter and we could get kind of a running back by committee here come week one of the start of the NFL season both these running backs looking real solid in training camp and they both kind of just split carries throughout the entire season and that works folks we will take running back by committee we got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt great great we got the Ravens with J.K. Dobbins and then they had Mark Ingram last season and then they had the third I'm blanking on that third name ugh ugh J.K. Dobbins Mark Ingram Mark Ingram's not there anymore who who, who they got Let's bring that up because running back by committee does get it done, folks. That's not kind of something to be ashamed of. Derrick Henry gets it done by himself. Delvin Cook gets it done by himself. But there's other teams that do have running back by committee. Gus Edwards. So they had that three. The The Colts have three good ones. Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. Jonathan Taylor is going to be kind of the starter. But, I mean, we're going to be cycling through kind of Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines because they're great runners as well. So you can get it done by running back by committee. And that's exactly what the Jets are probably going to be doing with Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter because none of these none of these rushers are a1 tier one running backs in this league so running back by committee that's absolutely fine alrighty uh, last quote here I believe last quote here we go lead up to the quote Perrine 23 and Carter 22 back-to-back Jets fourth round picks are emblem emblematic of a youth movement on offense for New York. A suddenly deep wide receiver core has been buoyed by the drafting of Elijah Moore, who was impressive during minicamp, and that is true. I mean, they, they this Jets team kind of turned around and has some solid receivers out here. Corey Davis, obviously, he's fantastic. A nice tall wide receiver for Zach Wilson. You got Denzel Mims, who has kind of been here for the Jets. He kind of knows the ins and outs. Um, and then Jamison Crowder. I mean, once again, solid. He's been here for a while. How many yards did he have last season? 600 99 that's very great um and then what did Denzel Mims have I think he had about 500 ish 357 so once again just kind of nice veterans that have been here we've got kind of a new head coach a new running back a new wide receiver a new quarterback so you know having some stability there in New York with some you know kind of players that have been there for a couple of years that's definitely going to help just overall and then they uh, draft Elijah Moore as well. So they've got, you know, a great, they got A1 tier one in Corey Davis. He's A1 tier one wide receiver in this league. And then just having, you know, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, and Elijah Moore. Once again, the competition to kind of be the number two. And then the competition to be the number three. So once again, if Robert Sala can play this right, this Jets team could have decent success year one. And we're talking about, you know, maybe five, six wins. And that's going to be a solid win for this Jets team this year with everything just kind of being brand new. So he's got the potential here offensively to make it a decent offense and above average offense. They just have to put it all together. All right, back to the article here. Um, 2020 first round pick, Makai 
Becton is slotted, provided he's healthy, at left tackle next to a 2021 first-round pick in Elijah Vera Tucker. And there's, of course, the centerpiece of it all, the 2021 number two overall pick, Zach Wilson, at quarterback. And a quote here from Michael Carter, quote, he will be a great quarterback. I don't want to put any expectations on him because I feel like you guys, the media people, do that enough. How is Zach Wilson going to do this year? He doesn't pay too much attention to it. He just works to get better every day. Like Zach messed up on the field, he fixes it ASAP. He's always learning and trying to get better. That's something you want to see out of your quarterbacks, and that's exactly it. Putting we heard it from perfectly from um, Jordan Love. Try to put good days on top of good days on top of good days. And if you know Zach Wilson can do that with the Jets, they got a you know a decent line, they got some good wide receivers, and they got some solid running back help. So. We'll see how the Jets play out this season. Michael Carter is going to be looking for that starting role, and we'll see if he goes out and earns it during the training camp later this month. But, you know, I'm not going to be on this kind of narrative that we're instantly running off the Jets, that they're absolutely trash right off the rip. I do like Robert Sala. Not sure how he's going to fare as the head coach, but he is a solid kind of coach in this league. And they've got young, talented pieces. So... I'm not writing off this Jets team. I think they're better instantly right now than the Jags. I think they're betterly instantly right now than the Lions. And um, who's another trash team? Where do we kind of rank this Jets team? Um, We'll see what's going on with the Panthers. I may like this kind of um, Jets team a little bit better than the Panthers. I think I like them a little bit better than the Eagles. A little. It's slim. And it may not even be. Maybe I do like the Eagles. It's going to be real close there. Um, Definitely like them better than the Lions. That's 100%. Like them better than the Texans just because that instability, that kind of big question mark in the garbage organization. Just I like them better than the Texans. Um, Like I said, I like them better than the Jaguars. And... um, That's maybe it. So definitely, you know, not bottom three. Maybe bottom five, but not bottom three. So we'll see what this Jets team can do, folks, and we'll kind of, you know, watch a watch a have a watchful eye on them as training camp progresses. And even starts. All right, but let's move on to our last story of the day. Here we go. Tight end Delaney Walker believes, quote, ankle will hold up and the opportunity will come in training camp. All right, we're talking about tight ends this year, folks. This is going to be a huge focus from our show, the tight end position. They're going to make their kind of emergence as, hey, we are true legitimate threats in this league. They've already been kind of been doing it for the last two, three, four years, getting to the Super Bowl. Um, Travis Kelsey being the um, having the highest receiving yard on that Chiefs team last season. So having the tight end university, getting everybody right, getting everybody on the same page, making the tight end position more prominent in this league. So um, we are going to be focusing very, very heavy on the tight ends this year. We truly think a lot of them are going to get it done. Not Tim Tebow because that man is a clown, a fraud. He is not a tight end. He is nothing. He's garbage. He wasn't even a good quarterback. He's not even a good teammate. He's nothing. He is literally nothing. We do not pay him any attention. But Delaney Walker, kind of, you know, one of these, a solid kind of OG tight end in this league, kind of like a Gronk, um, a Shannon Sharp that, you know, really solid. Obviously, he's not as good as Shannon Sharp. Let's put that right out the rip. But, um, you know, just kind of uh, one of those older school age tight ends. Now we're kind of getting in the new school, the last maybe five seasons of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and, you know, Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts and Mike Kosicki potentially. So we've still got 
these kind of solid OGs that we still have to kind of, you know, pay respect to great tight ends in their time obviously not catching a thousand yards but still doing great things out here so uh delaney walker he's been out for a very long time let's get in this article we do have his stats up as well but let's start getting into this article real quickly or not This is not loading. Interesting. All right, then let's talk about the stats while this maybe or maybe doesn't load. So when we're talking about Delaney Walker out here, obviously didn't play last season in 2020. 2019 only started four games before an injury. 2018, once again, only started one game because of an injury. But, but, and that's really kind of hurt him his entire career. He's never really played a, he's never, he's never played a full 16-game season, folks. How unfortunate. Or started a full 16-game schedule. But when he gets into that kind of, you know, 10 to 12 to 15 to close to 16 games played, he gets it done. 2014, folks, he started 14 games and put up 189 yards receiving with four touchdowns. 2015, his best year, he put up that 1,000-yard mark by only starting 10 games. He played 15 but only started 10 and put up 1,000 yards with six touchdowns. And he has 70% catch percentage. That's absolutely fantastic. And then in 2016, um, went down, only played nine games, only started nine games. And he had 800 yards, still pretty solid. And then 2017, started 11 games, 800 yards. So he's proven that, you know, if he can stay healthy, if he can be out there as a starting tight end, he can get it done. He's put up the yards. He's had 1,000 yards. That's what we want to see in 2015. So we shout out respect to him. But the injuries, the recent injuries, him being 36 years old, never really great there. And I thought this man was very much taller than 6'2". 6'2 is really kind of small for a tight end. We're talking about 6'4 to 6'5 to 6'6, folks. Tim Tebow, 6'2". That's, you never want to be any any comparison to Tim Tebow, whether the stats, height, anything like that. So I was really shocked when I looked up Delaney Walker and he was 6'2". I, did not, I thought he was like 6'4". But he's 6'2 out there and he was still getting it done. 1,000-yard re uh, reception season. So... Um, you know, Delaney Walker just kind of needs to stay healthy, and if he can, he may have a chance. So finally, this article has loaded. Uh, so let's see what Delaney Walker is saying. Here we go. After missing all of 2020, Walker is intent on returning to an NFL roster in 2021. Though confident he'll find a squad when training camp kicks off, we've got some names to watch out for that aren't signed still. We got Le'Veon Bell, we got Richard Sherman, and we got Delaney Walker, kind of some of the bigger names that aren't signed yet as training camp approaches. So we are definitely going to kind of keep an eye on all those teams. We want Le'Veon Bell to go to the Falcons. We want Richard Sherman to go somewhere. Honestly, in the field, it's not really looking like he's having that many offers. And then Delaney Walker, just probably a solid two, maybe go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, not to coach up Tim Tebow, but to coach up their, uh, I think it was like a second round or third round tight end pickup. Um, I don't know if he can still be a number one tight end out here, uh, but a solid number two somewhere on a kind of young and emerging team or a Super Bowl ready team. But uh, here we go. Though confident he'll find a squad when training camp kicks off, Walker believes potential suitors are apprehensive about signing him due to lingering questions about his ankle, which resulted in him finishing the 2018 and 2019 season with the Tennessee Titans on injured reserve. Quote, 
Right now, I couldn't tell you who I will be playing for or what teams are looking at me. They talk to me, but at the end of the day, I feel like they think the ankle is a problem in my age. Yeah, I'm taking the age over the ankle. Like, all right, you're 36. It's like, what, what are we doing? What does Shannon Sharp stop at? When did Shannon Sharp start um, kind of being not as productive? Let's get his uh, stats up, career stats up. <clears throat> And we've got all these kind of young and emerging talents. So why are we going to kind of take a risk at, uh, you know, Delaney Walker when we got emerging Kyle Pitts, emerging Darren Waller, young as heck, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. So uh, Shannon Sharp stopped at how old was he? 35. Ooh. And, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, folks. This man's great. He's had 1,000-yard receiving seasons before. You know, that was mainstream at the tight end position. So, very well done to Shannon Sharp. A great career. But uh, 20, 2003, his last season, and he only had 770 yards. So, as he was aging, the yards started to come down big time. And he never played at 36. Delaney Walker is 36. So, that's definitely not a good sign here. Um, all right. Back to the quote. Teams are really not trying to give me a good deal. I feel like... We'll just see what happens when the time and need are right and they really need a tight end. We'll see what happens. So, once again, it's no disrespect to him, but, you know, your age, your injury, we're not going to pay you all this money. We don't kind of even need you right now. If something happens, maybe we'll have you come fit in and fill in. But, ugh, the age, the injuries, it's unfortunate. It's truly unfortunate. All right. What else do we get here? In March of 2020, the Titans cut Walker. It was a move the veteran understands and holds no ill will over. Quote, they thanked me for everything I've done. We went on with our way. My agent was kind of upset, but I didn't really get upset. I just felt like it's business. I didn't perform at the highest level for the last two years, so I understood that. And they paid me a lot of money, so I so it made sense to me. It's always a good attitude to have. Um, now it makes sense for Walker to join a contender. That's his hope anyway, and he believes that when training camp commences in late July, opportunity will follow. Okay, let's see what he says here. Quote, I want to play football. I feel like I need to get a Super Bowl ring, so my objective is really to try to go to a team that's a contender. But it is the NFL. You never know what team can be a t contender, so my options are open. But the thing is, it's hard to try to stay in shape by yourself. When you go to OTAs and you will do a little mini camp, that gets you prepared for football. Then you get this little break just to stay in shape and come back into training camp. So my goal is to try is just to try to get into the best shape I can possibly get in because I know that opportunity going to come where someone's going to need a tight end for training camp and that's where my opportunity is going to come. So at least he's kind of in the right mindset. He seems like he's ready. He's talking like he's already in shape. He just kind of needs that kind of team to call him and be like, hey, we need you. You ready? All righty, be here by tomorrow. And then he's be, he'll be there by tomorrow. So it's going to be hard for him to be on a kind of championship level caliber team. Um, like I said, maybe kind of, you know, young some of these young emerging teams that could potentially have a solid season, maybe like the Jets, um, because the Jets don't really have that great of a tight end. Who they got? They got Chris Herndon. What did he got? 287 yards last season. Okay, yes. Get get him get Delaney Walker to the Jets. So um we'll see. We'll see, you know, obviously late July, like they said, that's when chain training training camps start for every team. Most of the teams. 
Uh, but damn, damn, this man is talking a lot. Jeez, we got more quotes by this man. Let's keep going. What else does he say? An opportunity for Walker will allow him to hit the field for the first time in a long time and give him a chance to do away with any doubt regarding his ankle. Candidly speaking, Walker admitted he still has doubts of his own? Oh, you shouldn't be saying that. No, no, you just told us that the age and the ankle were the biggest thing. You don't come out publicly and say that. You said you were all good. Oh, this isn't good. You talked too much, man. You talked too much. Damn it, Delaney. Here we go. Quote, definitely no further complications, but again, I haven't been hit, haven't played in a game. Right now, when I say I'm running and breaking and catching passes, I feel like the same Delaney Walker two years ago. But again, you know I'm a realist. Oh no, you don't be the realist. You let the people in charge of making the money and spending the money and making the roster, they'll be the realist. Don't give them any kind of reaffirmation, reaffirmation that, uh, hey, we're actually right here. Our actually tr kind of line of thinking is actually right. Delaney, no! Dang it! Uh, but again, you know, I'm a realist. I won't sit here and be like, oh, shoot. I can out I, I can out there and play. I can go out there and play, but I would take a hit. Would that be a problem? I don't know. I think that's a concern teams have, but at the end of the day, I'm a football player. I'm going to go out there and give it all I got, and I feel like the ankle will hold up. I just need the opportunity to go out there and prove it. Ugh, and we get more quotes. We get two more quotes. Stop talking now. Dang it. You're not doing, you're not helping yourself. I know, you know, a lot of people have this out where if I'm completely open and honest and if I kind of show that I am a realist and I am thinking of everything, that it will help. And No, it doesn't. That has never helped ever. You sell yourself. Hey, I'm good. The ankle's no problem. You get the money, you sign the contract, and then if the ankle becomes a problem, Oh, well, that's on them. They should have, you know, done their due diligence a little bit more. But I'm not about to sell myself short and be like, yeah, the ankle could be a problem. I haven't been hit yet. So that could happen. And then the, the, the teams are like, yeah, he hasn't been hit yet. Okay, well, goodbye. Thanks for coming. But we'll pass. Like, no, dang it. Stop having this kind of, you know, mental capacity that you think is going to help you. It doesn't. Be shallow in your thinking. I'm good. It doesn't matter. Okay, I, I, I'll get hit. I don't. Does my ankle get hit? My side gets hit. I get hit. The ankle. Who's hitting my ankle? Come on. That's what you're supposed to say. I've been hit. I've been taking hits. I've been getting hit by everybody. That's part of my practice routine. Part of my workout routine. Just people constantly hitting me. And I'm good this far. <sighs> Two more quotes, though. Hopefully. Try to get back on track. Let's see. As Walker looks forward to proving his ankle is able and his talent remains, he's been able to look back on what he misses most after a full year away from football. Asked about asked by Davenport what he missed most about the game and what he loved most about it, Walker reflected on his camaraderie left behind. Quote, I think it's just missing them guys. Just being in the locker room with my dudes, being able to tell stories with them. I miss that. I think that's what kept me young, being in the locker room. As for what he longs for most on the field, Walker remembers the thrill of the crowd and his recollection makes it clear just how much he wants to return to the game. Quote, when it was third down and it was third down and I knew that ball was coming to me and you make that catch and hear the crowd roar, just get up on their feet and roar, I miss that. I don't think there's nothing in the world that can replace that feeling. You can only know 
that when you play in front of 80,000 people, there's just something about it. So he wants to be back, his age, his ankle. Big question marks here. Who takes a chance on Delaney Walker, 36-year-old tight end that can't stay healthy? Ooh, I wish him the best. I would like to see him out there. But uh, like he said, there's some kind of red flags about him. So we'll keep, on, keep an eye on Delaney Walker as training camp commences later this month. But it doesn't seem like he's going to get that, that big opportunity that he's looking for. Alrighty. Those are all the stories that we needed to go over for today. So uh, we got two things that we want to do. The first one up, we've got uh, some cards to open. We got NFT, Panini, Blockchain, Prism, NBA, Silver, Parallel Packs that just came out today, folks. Are these sold out yet? Let's see. Um, I got another tab open so you guys won't see this, but I'm just looking to see if these cards are sold out yet. Uh, because if they're not, that's not the greatest sign. Um, and they are not sold out yet, so that's not the greatest sign. But hopefully we can pull something good and uh, maybe get some of our money back for what we cost on these cards. Now, we opened up base packs. These sold out very instantly. We still have seven left, um, but we only opened three live on the stream. We pulled a Lamello card, and that gave us our profit back. The only cards that are really selling are Luka Doncic, Trey Young, kind of, uh, Lamello Ball, Big, and LeBron James. Um, Giannis a little bit, but, you know, low price there. Lamello's went for 120 folks. I mean, fantastic value. So that's what we're looking to pull from these prisms, uh, these silver parallel packs. We need something good. We need one card to hit to make all of our money back. These are all numbered to, I believe, 179. So that's still pretty solid there. But we want a big name, a Doncic, a Trey Young, a Lamella Ball would be probably the best thing you can pull. And obviously LeBron James, why not? So we got two packs here. We'll open them and uh, we'll see what we get, folks. I can't open my packs. High volumes. I'm trying to open the pack. The website's been going crazy today. Very laggy. Everyone trying to get these silver parallels. But they're still up for grabs. So obviously they didn't sell out quick. What's all the rush? Loading pack? The hell is that? How you got to load the pack? I got the pack. Well, this isn't good. If we can't open these now. We're still online, correct? Yeah, we can we can upload Twitter. We can reload Twitter. Anything going on good in Twitter? Darren Waller says he's willing to mentor Tim Tebow as a tight end. No! Darren Waller! You're leaps and bounds between this man. Uh, the Raider star says football is in Tim Tebow's blood, so I feel like he'll find a way. Ugh. That's disgusting. Jeez. Don't say that. They didn't bring him to tight end university. Stop it. The man is nothing. Oh, gosh. All right. These packs are... Um, doesn't seem like we're going to get to these. Can't even open them. Oh, 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 we're good. All right. We are, why? High volumes of opening. What? This is crazy. High volume so I can't even open the pack? 
Talk about digital cards being trash, right? Damn. I don't even want to click on these because I don't want to open these, right? <laughs> I'm trying to save these. Um, damn. How are y'all going to say there's high volume and I can't even open a pack? We are experiencing high volumes. Please retry. High volumes of what? <laughs> what? I own these. I can't just open them? Wow. What a killer. Can't even open them. Hey, they, this is, I got the same message as I was trying to buy these. It took me like 20 minutes just to buy these cards. Because of high volumes. And now we can't even open them. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. High volumes. I can't believe it. Well, um, all right, I guess we'll move on to another segment and come back to these later. High volumes, I'm trying to open it. Not trying to buy. Alrighty, we'll come back to this a little bit later in the show, folks. Let's go to um, our second main topic of today, which is judging Aaron Rodgers, our favorite thing to do, since he thinks he's the greatest of all time, since his fans always claim that he's the greatest of all time, but he's not winning. <laughs> he's not a winner, folks. He's a, kind of a loser, kind of. Regular season, okay, but that's what you want your legacy built off? Winning in the regular season? Tom Brady doesn't do that. Tom Brady wins in the postseason. He wins the ring. Seven. So, we are at the 2015 divisional game against the Cardinals, folks. We've gone through a lot of his playoffs already, his playoff performances, and now we are up to the 2015 divisional game. So, we'll look at the stats, we'll watch some drives, and we'll give him some credit on does he deserve some credit in this loss? Was he doing great? Just his defense kind of gave up on him. Um, his wide receivers were dropping all these great passes. So, we'll give him a score out of 100 credit points on how well he played in this game. And let's see, does he flounder? Does he play good? So, let's get into it. We'll start here with the stats. So, here we go. Aaron Rodgers in this game, 24 of 44. That's not that great. What is that completion percentage-wise? Uh, 54%. Very, very not great. All right. 261 yards. Not bad for 24 completions. Two touchdowns. One pick. Another interception. And they lose by one possession. We'll see when, when it comes and how that goes. Does he fumble? He does not fumble. Uh, nobody fumbled in this game, so that's great for the Packers. And then Eddie Lacy ran for 89 yards. Pretty solid. All right, let's see who he was going up against. Carson Palmer. Jeez, you let Carson Palmer beat you? Yikes. Yikes. Was this the year that the Cardinals got to the Super Bowl? Um, and lost to the Steelers? No. They lost in the NFC Championship against this Carolina Panthers. And that was... Who did they... They lost to the Patriots with that Patriots? 
Denver Broncos. Oh, okay. Cam Newton. Yeah, that's okay. That was early um, on. In, that was like 2001 uh, Patriots. Um, but yeah, okay. So they lost to Cam Newton, and unfortunately. So Cam Newton can be Carson Palmer, but Aaron Rodgers can't be Carson Palmer. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Carson Palmer, 25 of 41 for 349 yards. Geez, slinging the ball around. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. Wow, once again. I mean, folks, the opposing team throwing multiple interceptions and Aaron Rodgers still can't win those games? The hell is going on? So we better hope, Aaron Rodgers better hope that he was scoring on both of those interceptions. Both of those interceptions, taking advantage of the turnover, you better hope, or I'm giving him zero points right off the rip, folks. We've seen it too many times of him not stepping it up when Russell Wilson threw four and they still lose. Tom Brady throws three and he still loses. What the hell? What the hell? Capital hell, folks. Alrighty, but let's get into some of these drive charts now and see what is all good. So his first drive, he goes three and out, folks. Unfortunate. We get two back-to-back -back passing completions. So once again, not starting the game hot. Once again, Aaron Rodgers has not put a good game, a full four quarters good together in any of these playoff games, folks. So let's cue it up here because getting off to a slow start, that's not great, folks. Here we go, second and ten. That's right on Jordan. Uh, who is that? Who are these receivers now? Who is this man? What do we got? Uh, Jared Abraderis. Also, um, they still got Jeff Janis. That's nothing great. Uh, but um, uh, Devontae Adams is injured in this game. little something to note. So I guess, once again, we can't go too hard on Aaron Rodgers, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you're the greatest of all time. you still got to make your backups work a little bit. So this was right on the money to him, and he just drops it. Third and ten. What happens here? Drops back to pass. Rush is getting to him. And he just kind of, you know, floats it a little bit too much on it. And it sails past once again. What the, what the hell is this man's name? Arm Abaderis. Jared Abaderis. Okay. So first drive, nothing great there. And then the Cardinals go down and score a touchdown, putting the pressure on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and they go three and out again. We get a passing complete on third and four. Let's watch this. Pressure's on them to score the ball now uh, since the Cardinals went down and scored a touchdown, and we get kind of another three now. So let's watch this third and four. It's a pass, and whose fault is it? Here we go, third and four. They're on the road here in Arizona. Aaron Rodgers can't win on the road, can't win at home. It doesn't really matter in the playoffs. But here we go. Yeah, just try to do it quick. And, I mean, this is broken up by the defense. I mean, why even throw this ball? This could have honestly been a pick six, honestly. If the defender just kind of went for the pick and not the breakup. And he did kind of go for the pick, too. It just kind of just bounced off his hands. But that's real bad by Aaron Rodgers. Predetermined read, and he tries to go for it. And it's almost big consequential. Alrighty, finally they get a field goal. Alrighty, let's watch this drive and why did it stall? We're not gonna watch these are 17 plays. Jeez, 17 plays, seven minutes. So uh, very heavy on the run. And then we'll we'll skip to where they kind of flounder. Is it his fault or is it kind of the receiver's fault? So we get a three-yard pass, an eight-yard run, a six-yard run, a pass and complete, a 19-yard run, six-yard pass, minus one-yard run. We get a penalty. What do they call defensive um, 
Uh, two penalties that offset, unfortunate. And then they're back to a 14-yard pass, minus one-yard pass, pass incomplete, 17-yard pass. We get a five-yard penalty, an 11-yard pass, pass incomplete, six-yard penalty, run for no gain, two-yard run, pass incomplete. So we got to go back here to the run for no gain. Their first and 10 at Arizona's 12. And once again, Aaron Rodgers can't get it done in the red zone. Folks, once again, we've seen this time and time and time again. Aaron Rodgers flounders the biggest in the red zone. Not good at all. You can't be not good in the red zone, folks. I mean, that's where you score the ball. So let's cue it up here. 12:49, first and 10 at the Cardinals. And look at this, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Aaron Rodgers. Beat him twice with the Cardinals, and then he goes to the Bucs and beats them in the NFC Championship game. Aaron Ro uh, Bruce Arians has Aaron Rodgers' number. But first and 10, and it rushes for maybe a yard. All right. Second and 10 now from the Cardinals 12-yard line in the red zone. Here we go. Rodgers in the shotgun, dropping back to pass. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Trying to run, and he gets brought down. Uh, luckily, he was able to kind of extend a little bit, stay on his feet for two yards maybe. Now we get third and eight. Here we go. Third and eight. Drops back to pass. Goes. And look at this. Just a bad pass here. He's wide open. This is exactly what you wanted here. Jeff Janis in the end zone. Wide open. The corner plays it very badly. And Aaron Rodgers throws it awfully. Garbage. Duck. And they have to settle for three. So Aaron Rodgers floundering in the red zone again. This is, oh, folks, this is wide open. Look at that pass. Aaron Rodgers, I know you're working with trash wide receivers, but still, you can't. You gotta make up for it. I'm not gonna take garbage wide receivers as an excuse, especially when they're that wide open and you just missed it. You maybe you thought he was gonna break a little bit shallower than he did deeper, but at the end of the day, he made the right route. He ended up getting himself wide open. You didn't play the pass right. Was he even pressured to throw this ball? I think he had time to, like, if you're not sure on how they're going to break this route, then hold the ball for a little bit and see how he breaks it and then makes the throw. But I don't think he was pressured here. Let's watch the play again. All day to throw this one. All day to throw it. And if he broke it off with air, if the receiver, Jeff Janis, broke it off, broke off the route, how he how Aaron Rodgers played him breaking off the route, then it's going to be incomplete because this this corner plays the shallow. The corner plays the shallow break off. So Jeff Janis uh, does the kind of a, um, a deeper break off. So I think Jeff Janis is right on this route. Aaron Rodgers, man, that's trash right there. I'm fine by saying that's trash right there. So big missed opportunity there. All right. Then the uh, next following drive by the Cardinals, they go five and out, have to punt, and now we get another field goal drive. 17 plays, 7 minutes, 55 seconds. Once again, running to move the chains, but it ends up floundering in the red zone. So let's see why again. Let's read this drive chart. We get one-yard run, negative one-yard run, six-yard pass, 11-yard pass, six-yard run, six-yard pass, one-yard run, four-yard pass, 18-yard pass, pass incomplete on first and 10, six-yard pass, six-yard pass, minus one-yard run. 
13-yard pass. We're at the 25. Four, minus four-yard run. Pass and complete. Pass and complete. Ooh, we get two back-to-backs. Pass and complete on the Arizona 16-yard line. Yes, sir. Let's cue us up for that. So here we go. We got to cue it up with two minutes left, and they are right in the red zone, folks. Two minutes left in the first half, and they flounder again. But Aaron Rodgers, there's no excuse for passes in this one because we read off that drive chart, and it was good. Pass complete, pass complete, pass complete. It was a little dink and dunk, but you are still getting your receivers warmed up. So we can't put any blame on the receivers on this trip in the red zone. Let's see what happens here. First and 10 from, once again, the Cardinals' 12-yard line. Flounder Rodgers here. Here we go. First and 10. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers dumps it off to his running back. And once again, it's a minus three-yard gain there. Minus four-yard gain. So Aaron Rodgers trying to take the safe check down. And it's not the smart read. Let's see if anything's open quickly here. Let's watch this one one again. He does dump it off pretty quickly to the running back. But let's see if anything was developing opening. Here we go. Let's watch it. Left side, there's three wide receivers right here. Right here, uh, he's coming back inside, so I guess that's not truly open. Uh, everything's pretty well covered. So I guess that's where you have to go with the ball. Unfortunately, it's a four-yard loss. All righty, here we go. Second and 14 now from the 16-yard line. We got three wide. Buying time in the pocket, escaping. Yeah. Basically throws it away. Nothing truly open there. Patrick Peterson clamping up. All right, here we go. Third and 14 now. Three wide again. And he has to take a timeout. Play clock got all the way down. Had to take a timeout. So now here we go. Here we go. Third and 14 again from the Cardinals 16-yard line. Dropping back to pass. Let's it sling. And once again, just miscommunication. I mean, this ball is nowhere near Abadaris there. And, you know, once again, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't on the same page with his wide receivers. This one, not totally his fault in the red zone, but still at the end of the day, you're not making any catchable passes. You're not taking that shot. I mean, all these throws are nowhere near these receivers. So I'm still putting this a little blame on Aaron Rodgers here um, the second time in the red zone floundering. So they have to settle for a field goal, and it makes the game 7-6 going into halftime. And then Aaron Rodgers, out of halftime, throws a pick. Let's see what happens here. How bad is this pick? Is it on Aaron Rodgers' fault? Let's see. It's first and 10 on their own 35-yard line. First drive out of halftime. Here we go. His one lone pick. Here it is. Play action pass. And this is bad. That's 100% on his fault, folks. This pick is 100% his fault. Was it picked? They said it was maybe picked. Let's see this again. I don't think it, or, I don't think this was tipped. I think he just threw a duck, a floating duck out there. Let's see. Does it get tipped at the line of scrimmage? Let's see this one.
I don't know if he got a hand on that. Right here, they're saying maybe Calais Campbell rushed in and got a tip on the ball. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. All righty, so ugh, the, the overall, all right, I guess... I guess it did get pit tipped. It is a little tough to tell. The ball still looks like a... Uh, it's kind of floundering a little bit. Alright, it did get tipped. Not 100% Aaron Rodgers' fault, I guess we'll say. Alrighty. <clears throat> so, bailed out a little bit on that one. Alright. We won't punish uh, Aaron Rodgers too much on that one. All right, but now we get the Cardinals pick, and what happens? They score a touchdown. Great. This is what we're talking about. So let's watch this drive and see what happens. Uh, so they throw the pick, and then Carson Palmer throws the pick right back, and now Aaron Rodgers takes that for the touchdown. So this is huge here. Let's see if it's all on Aaron Rodgers, or do we get a big run? Let's see what happens. All righty. Here we go. First and 10 now. Did they, uh, they didn't get any better field position. Now they're starting at their own 20. So here we go. Let's see what happens. Drops back to pass. Dumps it off Daddy Lacey. And once again, minus two yard run. Just taking the check down and it's not helping. Now we get second and 12. Here we go. Second and 12. They hand it off to Eddie Lacey. Eddie Lacey, oh my God, he's wide open and he falls himself. Jeez, he gets the first down, but he could have ran for way more yards if he didn't just stumble for no reason. But after the first down pickup, here we go. Handing it off again, Eddie Lacey this time. Great blocking, and he stays on his feet. He stays on his feet, and it's going all the way down to the 20, the 15, the 10, the 7. So a big run there by Eddie Lacey. Nothing here by Aaron Rodgers so far. Now we get Aaron Rodgers in the red zone at the 8-yard line of the Cardinals. First and goal. Let's see how they cap off this drive. They pitch it out to James Starks for no gain. Second and goal now. Here we go. Pump fakes. Everything's flowing to the right. He's got all the time in the world to throw the ball, and then he just throws it away. Jeez. Jeez. Can we bring up – do we got coaches film here? Oh, we got to watch this one in the coaches film. Let's see what happens. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers. Everything is flowing to the right here. Why did he not throw this ball? He had plenty of time to throw. So let's go in the slow motion here. Anything open. Really quickly, nothing's open. We got somebody run to the corner of the end zone. That's not open. Everything to the right is very well covered. Now he's going to go back to the left out here. There's no option, truly. 
We get a receiver here, maybe a tight end in the middle of the field, running with Aaron Rodgers back to the left. He's double covered. We got somebody here in the back of the end zone, shifting back left. That gets closed up easily, and he just throws it away. So this was a good throw away by Aaron Rodgers. There was truly nothing open there. All righty, now let's see. We get third and goal now. All righty, here we go. Third and goal. How do they pick up this touchdown? Bruce Arians. Let's see what he does defensively for the Cardinals. All right. We got four wide here for the Packers, and he has to take a timeout. He loves taking a timeout. This is bad. You can't be taking a timeout like this in the third quarter. This early in the third quarter, 10 minutes left. You got to save those timeouts. But Aaron Rodgers loves to widen the time down. Now here we go. Back to four wide here. Running back in the backfield. The third and goal. Motions the tight end inside a little bit more. Here we go. Just gets the ball off again here. Pressure coming up the middle. Aaron Rodgers fires it. And it's caught. Jeff Janis there makes the incredible catch very low and away. We got to see a replay on this one. Here we go. Let's watch this one. This one's way low and away. Throws it beautifully. Woo, that's a great pass there by Aaron Rodgers. That's a great touchdown. Set up by the big run. Floundered a little bit early in the in the down and distance, but got it done in the third and down, third and goal, so we'll give him some credit for that. That was a good touchdown pass right there. All right, so now they have the officially they have the official lead here up 13 to 7. Cardinals go down and score a field goal, making it 13 to 10. Packers still up, and now we get a three and out here on the next following drive by the Packers. A passing complete, and then a, just a three-yard pass on third and 13, just a check down. Let's watch this one. Let's watch these last two passes here on this three and out. Once again, I mean, you put the pressure on by scoring. Cardinals go out and answer. Once again, putting the pressure on you, only a three-point game, and you go three and out. That's nothing great. So let's see what we get here by Aaron Rodgers here. We got a passing complete in a three-yard dink and dunk, not trying to pick up the first down. So let's see what happens. Cue this one up at 349 left in the third quarter. Here we go. Just gets the ball off. Takes a shot deep. Ah. Uh, just a touch a touch overthrown a touch this is still a great ball though once again trying to hit freaking abadaris out there that man's trash and <laughs> this man is truly trash ah, i wish we got a replay of that other throw dang all right here we go third and 13 empty backfield five wide Let's see what happens. And he just takes the check down, folks. It's third and 13, and he takes a check down. This is what we're talking about by Aaron Rodgers. Not taking these chances, not taking those dangerous throws. Uh, obviously, don't throw a pick, but at least give your receiver a chance to make the first down. You're basically just punting on third down. 
So that's not great, but then the interception comes and Aaron Rodgers doesn't take advantage of the interception. Dang it. Let's watch this entire drive. You have to take advantage of the turnovers, folks. This is big, and Aaron Rodgers never does it. Let's watch the interception by Carson Palmer first. They get first and goal. Look at this. The defense coming up big, taking away points. Look at that. Guaranteed tie game, um, at least in uh, inside the 10. And Carson Palmer just throws a pick in the end zone. Man, oh, man. Defense bailing out Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers does not return the favor. So here we go. Starting at their own 20. Let's watch this drive. They hand it off to James Starks. That goes for about a yard. Here we go. Second and nine. Second and nine, Aaron Rodgers, plenty of time to throw. Complete pass there for the first down, perfect. Keeps the chains moving. Now at their own 32-yard line. They're going to hand off the ball again, and it goes big. Nine yards, great run. They hand off the ball again, and it just picks up the first down with their fullback. First and goal, or first and ten now. They run it with James Starks for about a yard. Getting second and ten from their own 43-yard line. Play action pass. Aaron Rodgers steps up in the pocket. Plenty of time to throw. Goes deep and way overthrow. No chance there. No chance for your receivers to try and make a play, folks. Aaron Rodgers loves just to throw the ball away. Not taking this opportunity. Then we get third and ten. And it's just short of the first down there. Unfortunately, just comes up a little short of the first down. Oh, they call it incomplete pass. Jeez. They challenge, and it's an incomplete pass. So, once again, unfortunate there by Aaron Rodgers. And then they have to punt the ball away. Then the Cardinals go down and score a touchdown. And then the... Green Bay Packers go four and out. Let's watch this turnover on downs here. They need to get some scoring. With three minutes left in the fourth quarter, they're down four, and Aaron Rodgers goes four and out, turnover on downs. So let's see what happens here. Let's see if it's all on Aaron Rodgers. Here we go. Starting at his own 20-yard line, three minutes left. They only have one timeout, too, unfortunate, and they're down four. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers starting at his own 20 First down, check down for about three yards, four yards officially. Here we go. They run the ball on second and six. Picks up about maybe a yard, third and five officially. Here we go. Big third down here by Aaron Rodgers. They are bringing the pressure. He gets rid of the ball quickly, and it's just a bad throw. Couldn't get Aberderis. Oh, my God, that man is so trash. Let's watch this one one more time on the replay. Let's see. There's no contact there. I don't know why everybody's complaining. Too much inside, and now we get fourth and five. Here we go. What do they do here on fourth and five? Aaron Rodgers, 
a comeback route and it's short. It's so short. It skips into the hands of the receiver and that's on Aaron Rodgers. Not being great in the clutch, folks. Absolutely trash. And then they get one more chance here. They get the ball back with a minute 50 there. Now down seven and we get a touchdown by Aaron Rodgers here, which forces overtime. So we got to watch this drive. Classic Aaron Rodgers coming through in some of the biggest situations. So let's see what it's looking like here to tie up the game. A minute 50 left, down seven, no timeouts, starting at their own 19-yard line. Jeez Louise, Aaron Rodgers does it in this time. This is where he does it. So let's see. Here we go. First down, drops back to pass. Once again, way overthrown, man. Way overthrown, and that would have been 15 yards. The man was wide open. But Aaron Rodgers flings it 20 yards above his head. Second and 10 at his own 19. He gets knocked down for a sack. Wow. Third and 20 from his own four. Here we go. Has all the time to throw. Goes deep. Goes deep. And it's broken up. Wow. We get fourth in 20 from his own three and they somehow are able to come back and get a touchdown what the hell here we go fourth and 20 here we go runs out of the pocket Aaron Rodgers flings it deep again and this time wide open completes the pass all the way down to the Cardinals 35-yard line. Jeff Janis coming up big. Aaron Rodgers puts it right on the money. Jeez, they're going to go and spike the ball. No. They're going to check out of the spike. They're going to get a flag here. Is this a free play? I think this is on the Packers. He flings it down to the end zone, and it's pass incomplete. Illegal motion on the offense. Aaron Rodgers trying to do too much here. There's no 10-second runoff either. Interesting. Here we go. First and 15, 12 seconds left. They're at the 41-yard line of the Cardinals after the penalty in timeout Arizona. Here we go. First and 15. Here we go. Drops back to pass. The pressure's getting to him. He's running all the way back. Oh, my God. He has to just throw it away. He ran back to his own 40-yard line. Had to throw the ball away. Now, this is it, folks. Second and 15. Five seconds left at the 41. It's going to take a Hail Mary. And the Cardinals take their final timeout. Here we go. Second and 15. Here we go. Pressure is coming. Aaron Rodgers just flips it deep. Hail Mary attempt. I can't believe Jeff Janis came down with this. Jeez Louise. I can't believe this. Lucky. Lucky. Oh my God. Flips the ball to the end zone. Two Cardinals there. Jeff Janis just runs underneath the ball. And it's a touchdown, Packers, for the tie.
Lucky catch. Oh, my God. I'll give Aaron Rodgers credit for the throw, but they force overtime. What happens in overtime? Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the ball ever, and it's uh, Chris Palmer or Carson Palmer to Larry Fitzgerald deep for 75 yards, gets him in the red zone, and then they get the touchdown. So Aaron Rodgers bailed out on two big throws. The first one, the first throw was all him. He puts it right on the money. The second one is just a Hail Mary, and the receiver is able to come down with it the Cardinals just kind of let the ball come to them instead of going and attacking the ball. The receiver's able to go up and get it. Uh, but overall, that's just a flip. So a lucky throw by Aaron Rodgers. Defense bailed him out time and time again. He only got points off of one turnover. His interception doesn't harm them because the defense steps up. So overall, I'm going to give Aaron Rodgers. I'll give him 40. Do I even give him 40? On the touchdown in the second half, set up by the big run. Flounders multiple. I'm going down to 25. I would say 20, but the receivers kind of being trashed throughout the game. I'll give Aaron Rodgers five extra credit points for that. I'll give him 25 out of 100. Just not making the throws. Throwing the ball away every time. Make have the Try. Try to make the throw. Try to fit it in the tight window, and that's what we don't get by Aaron Rodgers. He'd rather throw the ball away than have the interception. He does not. He's fearful of the interceptions, folks, and I'm over giving this man credit for throwing the ball away. That's not great great anymore start trying to fit the ball in there tight trying to make those plays I'm giving him 25 out of 100 another flounder job here by Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs alrighty let's go back to these panini packs are they ready to be open geez Louise we still cannot open them high volume to open are we serious Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So we can't open them, folks. This is absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. I don't want to try these other ones, these base packs. I do kind of want to save these, but I am interested to see if we can open these. But once I hit open pack, there's no going back. That's where the dilemma is. There's no, are you sure you are you sure you want to open these packs? So I apologize, folks, that we can't open these. We'll try to do it some other time. I don't know if I can wait till tomorrow. <laughs> so I might just post a video on YouTube of me opening them if I get the chance. So unfortunate, folks. So that's going to do it for us today, folks. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Still can't open these panini packs. Do not understand it. High volumes is still here. Jeez. Jeez. So, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And, uh, if I can open these later today, I will post that on my YouTube, Takes by Fans, of me opening them, but can't do it right now so all right folks we're back tomorrow live noon eastern doing it all again and we'll see you then